Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all a brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, yo? This is C-Certified Brewhead. Welcome to episode 111 of Beer Nights, the podcast. And, mate, today we are in gorgeous Fort Collins, Colorado at Odell Brewing. Kevin Busley, a brewer. What a legend, mate. Thank you for hanging out. Thanks for coming to see us. Very much appreciated. What a cool facility. It's huge. Yeah, it's uh, it's grown and grown and grown. This um, this particular building that we're in now, um, this expansion anyway, this came about in about uh, 2013. Okay. We did this expansion. We added a new brew house, uh, added all this beautiful patio space out here. Very cool. Um, this property has actually been expanded uh, five or six times at right. this point. Uh, when it's a, when we started here, um, we moved to this facility in 1994. Okay, um, and it was tiny at that point. It was a very very small building, and it has expanded uh, just exponentially since then in every direction. Right. Um, you know, along with our sales, along with our production, um, you got to have more room. So That's it. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I, we took a bit of a, um, a tour before, and uh, the the wicked is a barrel program, which we'll yeah, get yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Um, the size is like it's crazy. I haven't seen that many large breweries like that on this scale. Um, super sick to see it all in operation. Like they're bundling now, which is cool. Yeah, it's fun to see. It's rolling pretty all much twenty four hours a day here. Oh really? Eh? Oh yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, we do um, the production schedule around here. Both you know, brewing, cellaring, packaging, uh, all of that is about twenty four hours a day, typically four or five days a week. Yeah. Um, we for the most part will have weekends off in production, which is. Nice. Probably you know, so yeah, so that's a, it's a real benefit. Um, but uh, yeah, 24 hours a day while we're running just for efficiency's sake, you know? Right. No, that's fantastic. I mean, I guess that shows the where you're at. If you, anything's running 24 hours a day. Yeah. That's And you've still got that room to grow because it's still two more full days. Two more full days. I don't necessarily want to work those days, <laughs> uh, but uh, if the need is no. there, I'll do it. It's a team player right there. <laughs> God damn it, Kevin. Um, so... We're going to, uh, it is very early in the morning, so we're going to take it nice and slow. We will. Um, which one should we start with? Uh, let's start with 90 Shilling. That Perfect. is the, that's the flagship. Perfect. Um, yeah, that's Should the we one. go the can or the bottle? Uh, let's go with the can. Let's go with the can one? Yeah, no. let's do it. So you got both packaging uh, options, which is very cool. Yes, and we, uh, we do them in 16 ounce cans as well. We do Tall Boys nice. uh, for some of our brews. Not all of them, uh, but 90 is one of those that we do. Nice. What style is this? Uh, so this sort of hits midway between like a Scottish ale and a, and a pale ale. Okay. Um, we really just uh, consider it an amber ale. Okay. Um, we have won some awards with this beer in some different categories before. Um, we won gold recently in uh, German alt beer of all the strange categories to put this in. But oh, yeah? realistically, it fits very, very neatly into that category. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, nice, uh, nice, robust amber. It's got some some good complexity to it. You got that nice kind of uh, you know biscuity, caramely kind of malt character to it. Mm-hmm. Not a tremendous amount of hops in there, um, but there's definitely some nice kind of bitter balance to it. Kind of balance that sweetness out of the malt. Um, this is really our flagship. Uh, this is uh, we like to call it the beer that keeps the lights on around here. This is uh, this one makes up about thirty percent of our sales. Right. Uh, so about a third of what we brew is ninety shilling. Wow, that's pretty serious. Wow. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks Good again for coming to see us. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. 
Nice, solid. Yeah, nice. That's even more smooth and rich. Yeah, even more. I thought it would be a little lighter than that. Even yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah, it's got a little bit of that. Um, you know, when you think of a Scottish ale, you think of something yeah, very, very bourbon-y, yeah, that we heavy type of yep, thing. Exactly. So it's got some of those aspects to it. It's got that nice sweet malt character, but it's okay. not overbearingly sweet. Um, you know, five point four percent alcohol. You can you can crush a few of these. And, five four. Yeah. Yeah. Get them in your. We'll do the uh, photograph as I warned you before. There we go. I want to see finger guns in every photo. Everyone? Everywhere. I can do it. <laughs> My man. So tell us about your brewing history, bro. How did you get into uh, into beer? Um, so it was, uh, you know, a little determination, a little pinch of luck. Uh, there's a, a, a lot of, of ingredients that went into there. Yeah, so my uh, my background is largely in wine. I worked okay. for about 10 years in the wine industry in various capacities. Um, worked in retail a lot, worked in wholesale for a little while, uh, worked in production at a winery in the Napa Valley for a little while. Sick. Um, that was where the production bug really kind of bit me. You know, right. I, I got in there and started seeing, you know, beginning to end, you start with raw materials and you end with wine. It was just so cool, man. It blew me it away. Really is. Um, when I, that was a temporary <laughs> position through, uh, through the harvest that year that I did that. And when I moved back to Fort Collins, um, I got a job making cheese. Okay. So well, you my, made everything. Yeah, my, fer- my fermentation background is strong. Um, I'm, I'm definitely the guy that you want on your team if the apocalypse comes, because I can make bread, I can make beer, wine, cheese. We'll be we'll be set. We'll be, we'll be set. Very satisfied too. Yeah, right. Absolutely, fat right. and happy. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I I made wine for a while. I made cheese for a while. Um, moved away to Boston uh, with my then girlfriend, now wife. Nice. Um, while I was in Boston, I didn't really do anything in the way of production. I did some uh, some some retail work in in the liquor industry there. I worked at an Apple store for a while. Um, nice, nice yeah. Um, but uh, we had the opportunity to move back to Fort Collins. My wife and I. She had a job at the university where she did her masters and had worked for a while. And when we were coming back, uh, I sort of said, you know, if I had my choice, I'd work at a brewery in Fort Collins. Ideally, I would work at Odell. If I had my dream, I would work in production at Odell. Right. And I'm a brewer here now, so I can't. Yeah, Manifest. I can't complain too much, right? Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I started out working like two days a week in the tap room here, uh, pouring pints. Um, you know, worked a little while there, about nine months. Uh, we posted a job for a seller position here. I applied for that, thinking that I wouldn't get it, but they'd know I was interested. Mm-hmm. Um, interviewed for the seller position. They actually gave me a brew house and seller support job, which would be kind of like the, the, the go-between for the two, staging hops, things like that. Gotcha. Um, from my day one, they trained me as a brewer, and I've never been anything else. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, a real pinch of luck in there and uh, and some determination, and I ended up in a really nice spot here. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. How long uh, have you been brewing then now? Uh, so I've been brewing for a little over four years here. Nice. I've been with the company for a little over five. Fantastic. Yeah. And it's exactly what it all lived up to the... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean... I get to come here and make this all day. It's not. It's a, a good I time, can't complain right? too much about that. Never make too many unhappy people in beer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's the common thread. Yeah. You can make noise. It's fine. Um, okay, sick. So then, can you speak to the history of the brewery itself? Yeah. So, um, For those you don't know, Odell Brewing Company was founded in 1989. Um, Doug oh, Odell, uh, his wife Wynn, and his sister Corky uh, founded the company originally. It's a cool name. Yeah, definitely. Um, Right up the street from here, uh, there's a little building. You guys might see it on your way out. It's a pottery studio now called Smokestack Pottery. Okay. Uh, but it was an old, um, like, grain elevator type building. Right. Um, so 
they were brewing in there. Um, Doug was doing the brewing and the sales. You know, everyone was working in the tap room. Um, you know, it was uh, really, really small, draft-only uh, production for a long time. Right. Uh, for from 89 to 94, they were in that building. Okay. Uh, 1994, they moved to this location, uh, not to this building, obviously. Like I said, it was built in 2013, uh, but moved to this location, which is just down the road. Um, purchased a bottling line in 1996, started okay. packaging beers. So from 89 to 96, was Odell was draft. draft only. Right. Um, and it was pretty much just uh, the, the real local area at that point. Like production. were all local. Yep. And there was a tap room? Was uh, there was a, a small tap room, yes. Okay. Um, in, uh, 96 started bottling, um, and it's really just been up from there. You know, right. I mean, we've added several States. We're in 16, 18. 18. Oh, I'm nice. a little behind on that. 18 yeah. States now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we just, uh, keep producing a little more every year and chipping away our, I say our, mm. our, it was well before my time, but the, the, the model implemented by the Odell's here was never meant to be fast growth. They never wanted to be coast to coast. Hmm. Um, they wanted to keep it local, keep it special. Um, the closer we keep it to home, the tighter leash we can keep on it. Right. You know, we don't pasteurize any of our beers. Um, so the fact that they need to be kept refrigerated means that the closer we can keep them to home, uh, the more handle we have on how those beers are treated. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, we definitely have expanded a little further from home these days. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we definitely are not coast-to-coast, and I don't think there's really any intention of being coast-to-coast no, at any point. Not quite yet. Um, yeah, I mean, don't quote me on that. But uh, Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never, never know. know. You never know. But you guys did grow pretty big. I think we were looking it up before. Maybe you can confirm it. was. I think you guys are the 22nd largest 22nd, in the, yeah. the States. Look at that. Good research. That's crazy, though. That's yeah. That's I mean, that, and that's for eight, I mean, eighteen states is nothing to scoff at. That's fam- right. It's phenomenal. And people even live in some of those states. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why? Right. Uh, you know, we, would you? A lot of the states that we distribute in are very small. You know, right. if you look are at like okay. uh, Wyoming, there's not that many people that live in Wyoming. Um, uh, so when we in I think it was 2013, part of the reason that we that we built this great new facility in this new uh, large brew house was that we were expanding into Texas. Um, we right. were in, I want to say, a dozen or 13 states before Texas, and we're distributing to about 30 million people. Right. When we added Texas, that added like 27 million people to that. So that effectively doubled our distribution audience at that point. Right. Um, so yeah, that required a, a, a big, big upgrade. push from us. So right. we moved at that point. Um, before that, we were brewing on a 50-barrel system. Um, our system upstairs now is a 135-barrel system. Right. And it's also uh, more automated than what we were doing before. Um, so we are able to produce now more beer using less raw materials and less time more efficiently than we were able to in the past. Right. Um, it's great. So, yeah, it's, it's really, really a cool uh, – it's a good time for us. You know, there's, yeah. there's this feeling of sort of flux in the industry right now. There's some, some weirdness going on in the, in the craft brewing industry. Um, but it's, it's also exciting, you know? Yeah. In what sense? What's, when you say um, I feel like the – the bubble continues to grow and grow and grow, but the consumer base is not growing along with it. Okay. So it seems like some breweries, uh, when you look at the numbers that the BA posts at the end of the year, um, there are breweries that are showing negative. You know, they're they're actually shrinking. Declining. They're not growing. Right. Exactly. Um, we have been growing. It's slower than we were growing in the past, of course, but um, you know, still growing. So that's right. a, that's a good feeling. So is it more just because of? competition i think it's competition and it's um you know people are moving a lot to 
people want something that's very, very local. They don't even they don't want something in the same state. They don't want something in the same town. They want something down the street. Right. Um, so you see a lot of these very, very small, um, you know, for lack of a better term, like mom and pop breweries yep. showing up in strip malls and you know old buildings and whatnot. Yep. Um, so there's just a lot more. The, the supply has gone way, way up, and the demand hasn't necessarily grown with that. Um, but okay. that's great because that pushes us to be more innovative. Um, it pushes us to, um, you know, branch out maybe into styles that we wouldn't have looked at necessarily in the past. That's fine. You can go in. Bring us something good. A style nice. that we maybe hadn't looked at before. There we go. Okay. If you want to segue into that. Uh, so this is... Um, Okay, I, I, I didn't know if we were saying I didn't know if we were saying that yet or it's not. Still because like the, six, seven weeks for this to come out. Yeah, so by the time yeah, people totally. See it should be good. Should be safe. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. So this is a, a fruited goza. Oh nice. um, Yeah, so it's got some tartness to it. It's got some nice kind of saltiness to it. Um, and I love that combination. The combination yeah. of like acid and and um, and saltiness in a goza. It's like you take a drink and it's refreshing. You get that big bright hit of acid to it and then you get that saltiness sort of on the end of it and it's like, yeah. wow, it's a little bit salty. I want another drink. So you just... <laughs> it you keeps just you coming keep, back. Yep, absolutely. And it's, it's, low enough, cycle. it's low enough alcohol that you can do that. You know, What's you can, this one? Um, Probably like... Four or five. Four or five? five? Yeah, this will clock in below 5%. Nice. Um, okay. Well, cheers. Cheers. Finger guns, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one second. That's what's going to happen. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's we'll, we'll preview in GABF. Oh, nice. What's the... Uh... <laughs> Bam. What's the um, uh, fruit in this one? Is it raspberry? Um, no, so the in, in here, there's actually a couple of different fruits. We've got nice. in here uh, acai and guava. Nice. Um, yeah, so oh, it's got guava. that, I'm totally yeah, got that real like tropical character to it. Mm. Um, we did a, uh, a goza as a as a seasonal a while back called Brombeer that was a, a blackberry sour. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brombeer was one of those, like we, it was a great beer, don't get me wrong, I loved it. But making it was very, very difficult. Okay. Um, we would brew it into, um, get a little, a little technical here, we brew it into a 400 barrel fermenter. Okay. So we would essentially brew three 135 barrel brews to fill up one fermenter. Right. No, I get it. And the with the kettle Wait. souring aspect of this, you know, letting the the bacteria do its work to make the wort sour before we boil it, mm-hmm. um, the 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 weight on that was just killing us. Right. Um, but we've dialed in that process a little bit better now. When we were making brom beer, the uh, you know to do those three turns to fill up a four hundred barrel fermenter would take us sometimes forty eight hours. And right. I mean that's just essentially just idle time at that yeah, point. Now and the beer's getting older and older. Yeah, that just it just hurts. I mean you got you got a brewer basically he's got to be here to take samples and look at the look at the pH, see what the acidity is, etc. But really just sitting here most of the time. Yeah, you know, like that's beer's not, waiting. Most yeah, of the that's waiting. not efficient. No. Um, but we've got the process dialed in a little bit better now, so we. Uh, we can we can make this as a production beer now, and actually, sipping pretty when it comes out will be a year-round release. It's nice. going to be yeah, always always available. Um, this is a, this is the first time. Just to clarify, this this for JBF, which yes. is, starts tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. So it'll so, be releasing JBF as well here at the at the brewery. Mm-hmm. You're tasting well. it pretty much before anyone else, Ooh. right? Yeah, Exclusivity. That's right. Uh oh, you want some? Can't have none. <laughs> um, my wife fantastic. is not a huge beer drinker. Um, she, it's unfortunate. It is. Here's the thing. When I met her, she didn't like coffee, beer, uh, chocolate, didn't like red wine, 
So we figured out that it's, it's, it's bitter that she doesn't like. Oh, that's the common thing. Okay. Yeah, totally. So you get the tannins and the red wine. You know, chocolate has that bitter character to it if it's not a real, like, sweet milk chocolate. Um, beer is always going to have that little uh, bitter component to it. Um, I forget what the fourth one was. Uh, Regardless. Coffee. Coffee, yeah. Coffee. Coffee, good luck. You can't, yeah, she can't fix that. She loves coffee now. When we make a pot of coffee, I don't really get any of it because she, she drinks <laughs> the majority of it. Yeah, totally. I love uh, it. She's come around a little bit on chocolate, loves wine now. Beer is still the thing that we're kind of... Working on? Quote, unquote, working <laughs> on. We're not working very hard on no. um, But sours, you know, this style, like a Goza um, or like a Berliner Weiss, something like that, she will absolutely drink. Um, so in terms of like what is in our fridge normally, uh, as far as beer goes, it's always going to be something like this. Right. So the fact that we are branching out and we're going to make a beer like this year round, you know, that's, that's, we can crack beers together now. That's yes, great. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, totally. That, that's really cool. I mean, I'm assuming she'd probably also, cause I've heard this a lot and a lot of people who aren't into the bitterness mm-hmm. tend to gravitate towards the, the fruited beers or the sours. And Definitely. also I found, I don't know if you would agree, but like New England IPAs that are like, you know, all late late editions or just for yeah. dry hops. When um, Cloudcatcher, which we'll talk about in a, in a few minutes here, I'm sure. Yes, we uh, will. When we started making Cloudcatcher, um, we made like some test batches on the pilot system before we scaled it up um, to actually be Cloudcatcher on the big system. Um, I would take home some crawlers, you know, of, of, of those test batches. And I always say, hey, you know, do you want to try this? And I pour a little bit for her and she kind of makes a face and then tries <laughs> it. And like the, the highest compliment you can get from her at this point is, wow, that's not terrible. <laughs> So, um, so be got the not terrible. You heard it here. Cloudcatcher <laughs> is not terrible. Not terrible. Okay, you can um, have that marketing. You can have that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, so she liked the milkshake IPAs, and because yeah, there's that that, that sweet component. The sweet balances what bitterness there is. Hmm. Um, you know, that's uh, that 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 game of balance is something that we we really get into here at Odell. We we want everything to be as balanced as possible. We don't want to take anything too far in any one direction. Right. Um, that's one of the things that I think made our IPA very popular from the beginning was its balance. Right. Um, a lot of IPAs, you know, it was just like club you over the head with bitterness. It was like, how yes. many IBUs can we put into this beer? And it was like, you're not you're not a manly beer drinker if you don't no. like it as bitter as possible. Um, I'm glad that those days are over. Me too. Uh, and I mean, those beers are still out there. And so few and far between now. I haven't Definitely. had a, like a hot punch or whatever you want to call it for a long time. Like, yeah, like it's like chewing on hot cones. It's not. Yeah, like it's, I just don't think they really. I don't know. Maybe I'm not looking hard enough, but I just feel like breweries aren't making them. Yeah, or people aren't talking about them. Yeah, that's that might be. I think that the the popularity is kind of waned on beers of that style. Um, so you're seeing a lot more balance now, especially when you start talking about the New England or the milkshake style. Yeah, you got that sweetness there to to, to offset any bitterness that there is. Uh, but like you said, with those very, very late hop additions, you don't get that isomerization. You don't really get that much bitter character yeah. uh, to begin with. Um, yeah, so that's I, for one, am, am happy to see that trend sort of taking you know taking over the IPA yep. market. Um, I know that the milkshakes and the New England style IPAs are very, very polarizing. You know, people either yeah. tend to love them or hate them. Oh yeah. Um, I. What do you feel? How do you feel? I like a lot of them. Um, I feel like there are some subpar ones out there. Agreed. Um, but that's going to be the case with any style of beer that you want. There's good ones and there's bad ones. Yeah. You know, there's, if you want to talk about cars or, or paintings or, you know, whatever you want to talk about, there's good ones and there's bad ones. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I, I, particularly the New Englands, I like. I don't necessarily always want like the, the, the weight 
and the, like the mouth coating aspect of the of the lactose that's in the in the milkshake IPAs. Okay, it's great at times. I mean, uh, Cloudcatcher. I've been I've been definitely drinking since it came out. Um, but yeah, I, I do like them a little bit on the leaner side, personally. When you, say, you mean like less lactose? Or? Less less sweet. Yeah. Less sweet. Less like thick and viscous mouth. Exactly. So we have a, a I have like a running joke with a bunch of our uh, fellow beer media kind of like friends and we have a we like team lactose or team no lactose <laughs> and it's not really for real because we all like kind of cool some do and don't like it but yeah. like, i'm team lactose and we just have to aggressively push that publicly <laughs> so i always like to be asking since that sort of started i like to ask do you have uh which team would you be on um i'm not gonna be man, mad either way yeah no i would i would probably it's a safe space overall be on team no lactose Okay, um, but I'm not. Hard. I'm not anti-lactose. You know, it's oh, not. So it's a okay, it's not American politics where it's like you. Are, <laughs> if you are this, like you're blue or red. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You are. You either either with us or you're our enemy. So That's not the way it is. Maybe we need a. Uh, maybe we need an alternative middle ground team where it's <laughs> yeah. sort of like. Yeah, like a team team fence lactose. Oh uh, yeah, team team fence straddler. Yeah, that could work. <laughs> I really like to push people either side, but maybe I'm gonna have to. You're part of the problem, my friend. You're part of the problem. <laughs> Let's go for the episode. Part of the program. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's talk about the barrel program you guys did. Yeah. So that was like substantial. It was like Definitely. A few um, hundred out there. Yeah, I think uh, I think we may have like four to five hundred barrels oh, wow. right now. That's crazy. Um, and we we sort of split that into two different programs. We've got the like the wild barrels and then the non-wild barrels. Okay. So wild barrels are going to be things like uh, Freak, which is our cherry raspberry sour. Mm -hmm. uh, that'll come out um, next month toward the end of the month. Um, uh, you know, anything funky with, uh, you know, Lacto or Brett or anything like that, we kind of keep segregated from the rest of our production beers um, at a, uh, a barrel warehouse right next door here that we call Woodside. Okay. Um, Smart. Yeah, that was a that was a, uh, a property uh, right next to the brewery here that we purchased. Uh, again, I think that was 2013, 2014, kind of in that range. Um so it's nice that it's right next door. We've got a, um, a pipe bridge that runs over from the main brewery, so we can send beer over no problem. It's very, very easy like, to do that. Not in package, like just through a yeah, pipe? Yeah, through a pipe. Yo, I think I did see that Yeah, it's, uh, like, yeah you, what you'll that see it for. out there. That's, that's just pipes, one over and one back, basically. So you would send... I was actually just thinking, do you brew it here? So I guess you do brew yep. it here, and then you just shoot that bad boy across and yeah, so, some sort of other holding tank over so with, with Freak for example um, so we'll brew that up in the brew house the base beer has no fruit it's not sour so um, no contamination risk yep it's okay. basically just a, like a like a light uh, almost like Easy Street it's almost like a light wheat beer that we brew um, that goes into the fermenter here um, on the clean side okay um, we ferment it there we add the cherries here um, and then from there once the cherries are in we send it over to Woodside we got a couple of tanks over there. We can fill those tanks and then fill the barrels from those tanks. So we can do all the barrel Amazing. filling and whatnot right over there. Um, that's nice because as someone who drives a forklift pretty regularly, taking a barrel rack on the forklift and going like up and down ramps with it, oh, man, it is terrifying. Right? <laughs> um, I did crash a couple of barrels off the forklift yeah. one time. Yeah, that was not a... Um, no, but one of them, yeah. they both leaked. Like neither of them were really usable afterwards, but they didn't... They could go everywhere. Yeah. It almost would be worse. Uh, but one of them dropped off the rack and started rolling right towards somebody's car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and they're not like they don't like No, when they're full of when they're full of beer, I mean they'd be like, what do they weigh? Like I mean the the barrel itself is probably you know, an empty barrel probably weighs eighty pounds would be my guess. And then once you put, you know, fifty nine gallons of liquid in there, 
Yeah, that's a that's, that's a that's, lot that's a of weight. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, that would, uh, so do some damage. I had to throw the pork the the, the forklift into park jump off of it and run down and, and catch this barrel and stop it. You can stop that momentum before it hit, you know, somebody's uh, car. It was terrifying. I wrenched my shoulder a little bit doing uh, that. Get a few I, splinters? I saved the car. No, fortunately, no. No splinters? Um, okay, but man, good. beer just everywhere. Just uh, like a lake of beer out there. It would be frustrating. Yeah. What a day. Um, but that's uh, one of the cool things about this company is that we know, they know, the powers that be know that accidents happen. Yeah. You know, stuff like that happens. And I think that there are probably a lot of places out there that if, if you were to implode a fermenter, that would probably be the end of your tenure there. Yeah. Um, but we've got several fermenters that have been imploded. Um, and we, you know, we do our best to pop them back out and use them again. Or exploded for that what, matter. What does that, I've never heard that. Like, um, so there's a couple of ways you could do that. Okay. So essentially, if you... Open the bottom of the tank, yep, and you start draining the beer out of it, but you don't vent it. You create a vacuum in there. Oh, as, so as that, that beer is opening at the top. Yeah, so or can, yeah, or open like there's like a vent arm on the tank that you can open up. Right. Um, or alternatively, you can put like a gas fitting on there and put CO2 into the tank mm-hmm. um, while you're pulling the beer out. So that pressure going into the tank both helps to push the beer out and occupy right. that negative space that you're putting in there. Cool. But so smart. like a fermenter, if it's sealed, um, and this goes for for any enclosed vessel, so like a. Um, if you see like a, like a truck that carries gasoline or milk or something like that, or like a tanker truck on a train, yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that, uh, if they get to like a negative 14 PSI, it's like a, a can crumpling. Oh, and it just sucks yeah, in. Yeah, look it up on YouTube. Look oh. up like uh, like tank implosion on YouTube, and it's it's crazy how fast it happens. Wow. Um, or on the other side of that coin, you can overpressurize a tank and like pop it out. Right. You know? um, that one makes more sense. That one's easier to visualize, Yeah, yeah, I think. totally. But, you know, we've had... Definitely, we've had tanks imploded and exploded. Not literally exploded, but but well, they pushed expanded. Out. Yeah, and you can they're fixable. Like I guess it's just physically knocking it some, out with a hammer. Some or something. of them, some of them yeah. are fixable. Some of them are not so fixable. Damn. Um, we've got a couple of tanks in the cellar right now that are labeled as out of commission because okay. they they leak um, right. because of because of accidents <coughs> that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean the the people that have done that, I have never done either of those things. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, those people still work here. You know, it's not. It's, I mean, like, like you said, accidents happen. Yeah, you don't get shit canned immediately for. Excuse me. No, you can um, cold beer and other shit. No, there we go. All right. Um, so yeah, you, you don't get canned immediately for for something like that. Um, now, yeah. if you if you repeatedly made mistakes like that, yeah, it's like come on, bro. you might you might have to get talked. Yeah. But uh, I do like that about breweries being super chill, particularly with um, with the beer, like you said, like if like whatever something happens, you spill something, it's like whatever. Yeah. I mean, particularly here, which is a little more exceptional in the in the sense of your volumes. I mean, as long as you're not dropping a whatever hundred barrel thing or something. Yeah, like, or that f- wouldn't be four hundred barrels. That wouldn't be great. But <laughs> where, where is the four hundred barrel fermenter? Was, so is that one of the ones? If you that came we into saw? the parking lot, that the, the ones that are, are like partly outside, outside yeah, yeah, those are the four hundred barrel fermenters. Right. So eight eight hundred kegs of beer in each of those, and we've got. Um, so we've got fourteen four hundred barrel fermenters and two four hundred barrel bright tanks. So the, the right. bright tanks are where finished carbonated yeah, yeah. beer would be before packaging. Um, and you know we are to a point now where, oftentimes when we we need to brew into a tank in the brew house, we're right on the seller's heels. So they right, like, like empty it, they clean it, they get it scrubbed, they get it put back together, and we knock out into like, it pretty right much away. immediately. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so you know it's, it's one of those things that we always said like oh we won't we won't need to expand for years, um, but we're already, all of a sudden you're catching up. Yeah, we're already talking like well, I mean, we need some eight hundred barrel fermenters. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. 
I mean, like, that's cool, though. I like that you're sort of slightly behind uh, where you need to be. Like, yeah. you got a little bit of wiggle room right now, so I guess this is the time to be like, all right, well, as soon as you cap out, then I guess it starts to get annoying. Probably, right. right, yeah. If the production goes up much further than it is now, um, yeah, we're going to we're gonna need some more from Interspace. It's looking like it's uh, heading that way? It certainly could. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, the market is, is volatile right now, so we don't really know how it's going to shake out mm. um, but there's that possibility is certainly there if we follow the same trends that we've followed in recent years yeah we will keep growing you know a little bit every year and right. eventually we will get to the point where everything is full all the time right damn uh, speaking of that well we should crack the, probably the next one yeah let's in do the it just time um, I do want to talk really just what you think about the volatility of it if I haven't really talked about this too much this is kind of fascinating um, the IPA though this is a heavily awarded beer am I correct? it is yeah yes. um, several awards on that one. Oh, hey oh, that. look at that not messing you're way ahead of me out. Yeah, I'm going a little hard. I know you do have well work today, and sometimes you got to be responsible. Absolutely, yeah. Should I give you less? Because I just gave you like half a can. Yeah, time. I mean, a little bit, a little bit. Thank you, Kristen. Look at that. You just tell me when, okay? You just say when. Yeah. Good. That's plenty. You know, I've actually, honestly, I've had this beer before. Oh, you have? Yeah, a couple of times. Oh, let me tell you about it. <laughs> um, yes, let's see what's uh, what's the deal with this one, though. Yeah, so this is our IPA. IPA. Um, aggressively hopped, but not aggressively bitter. Uh, there's there's okay. definitely a lot of hops in here. Um, Seven. Damn. In terms of like pounds of hops per barrel, I'm not sure right off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, but it's a, it's a lot of hops that go into here. Between what goes into the kettle for bittering additions, um, what we use in the hop back upstairs, and then the way that we dry hop it. Okay. Um, a tremendous amount of hops go into here. Which hops are in this one? Um, so I can't tell you all of them. You know, trade secrets and all that. Hey, fair enough. Um, but uh, heavy on Centennial, uh, okay. Centennial and Cascade. Um, so you get a lot of that great, you know, citrus fruit to it. What we want this is we want this to like pop out of the glass with like orange and tangerine character. Okay. Um, well, you know what? Cheers. Cheers to you. Oh, solid. Yeah. So you definitely have that like that new. bracing bitterness that's there for yeah. balance, but it's not so overly bitter that uh, you know it's, it's not like you're again, like I said, it's not like you're chewing on a hop. No, not even. Which is fantastic. It's something like you are right. The balance. I was expecting a more um, maltier. Yeah. I guess you know more like the clearer IPA. Sometimes they're uh, well, I say clear because the, the norm these days is kind of the haze. Right. Definitely. And that's the stuff that I tend to drink a little more. Um, often um, the clear ones. Once again, they they they're just like so malty, so sweet. Yeah. You get that real heavy sweet. This has a great like um, the bit of balance and it's like kind of nice and piney and dank. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we do a, uh, a double IPA as well called Mercenary. Okay. Um, and that one has a lot more sweetness to it than this does. Um, it's great. It's just, uh, you know, residual oh. sugar when the, uh, uh oh, feels you know, selfie time? Yeah, you know the drill. I know what's going on. You know what's happening. More you finger like, guns. <laughs> maybe I should do some finger guns. Oh, I need a whole new hand. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mercenary... We use different hops in that, so you get a lot different fruit characteristics from the hops. Uh, yeah, you get a lot more sort of tropical aromas from that, um, but definitely more sweetness as well. Right. Um, there's uh, just in terms of, you know, where the gravity starts and our yeast consumes the sugar and then takes it down to that terminal point where it stops fermenting, mercenary ends at a higher gravity than our regular IPA does. Okay. So there's just more residual sugar there. Um, 
Is, this, is that Miss more malt or, or longer? Definitely more malt. Um, it has a lot to do with uh, uh, just what our yeast is capable of doing. Right. Um, it'll get to a point, um, you know, not to talk about the growth science of brewing, no, but... we're into it. Let's um, do it. Let's get When the yeast consumes the sugar that's present, yep. it excretes CO2 and alcohol. Okay. Right? Um, so... It gets to a point where it has consumed enough of that sugar and has created enough alcohol that it creates an environment that's toxic for itself. Hmm. Um, so things like um, you hear people talk about champagne yeast. Yes. Uh, that's a much more robust yeast that can ferment at a, to a much lower gravity mm-hmm. and a higher alcohol um, okay. than like the, the, the our house yeast that we use, for example. So that would be why the brood IPAs tend to be kind of boozy. Yeah, totally. Even though they don't really – probably better that they're not. Yeah. Because you they, can taste it all. They're totally dried out. Um, but so then the, that's why the booze is high, I guess, though. Like, yep. well, otherwise, why aren't they like 5 or 6%? They're all like 7 plus. Well, and it's also it, – it's a question of, of balance. I mean, it's possible to have a, a beer that's dry that's – the you know, there's essentially no residual sugar left in it that's not that high in alcohol. And that all has to do with how much grain you start with. Right. So like um, Mercenary, for example, um, we brew that in 100-barrel batches just because it's so high in gravity when we start. Okay. And for a 100-barrel batch of Mercenary, we use uh, it's like right around 10,000 pounds of grain, like five tons of grain that's into 100 barrels. And that's a lot. For IPA, we brew it in you know 135-barrel batches, and it's less grain to start with than Mercenary is. Right. So, yeah, so you end up with lower gravity on something like this IPA that we're drinking now. Um, because of that, the yeast can consume proportionally more of the sugar that's in there, ends up with a slightly drier profile at the end. Um, but yeah, you don't get that that cloying malty sweetness, yeah. that weight from the, from the sugar that's left over. Right. Um, you also don't get quite as bad a hangover. Uh, yeah. In, from drier beers. Yeah. That, that sugar. Oh, because it's the um, sugar. That's one thing, man. Cloudcatcher. I, I love drinking it, but man, you have two of them. And uh, uh, it can it can it can lead to a headache if you're not eating with it. So I definitely recommend having a burger or something along with the cloud catcher. Just to be um, safe. Yeah, Can't be mess safe. around. What's the ABV on that? Um, six, six and change. I guess not too bad. Yeah, but I guess like you said, they're all, like a lot sweeter. Yeah, definitely. I didn't really think about uh, about the sweetness as far as like that being the sort of main uh, element. To call it like I mean I guess any beer that technically then almost any of the higher ABV beers will mm-hmm. most likely be sweeter because they just Definitely. have more. more yeah. So. so if we when we get down into these beers, um, these big boozy barrel aged stouts, um, you know we start at an extremely high gravity on those. Right. Um, and and again just like I was mentioning with the mercenary, uh, our yeast gets to the point where it just can't ferment anything else that's in there. It it essentially kills itself it creates an environment that's toxic that it cannot do its thing in do you want to stop it fermenting before that or do you let it kill itself we yeah we let it go okay. uh, and i mean when i say kill itself i don't mean the yeast is dead necessarily okay. i mean that it's it, it, yeah, it gets to a point where it just doesn't it can't do anymore okay like when you go to the all you can eat buffet in vegas and you just like you just can't eat is anymore it? at one mm-hmm. point you're just like oh this is this is gonna be bad if i keep going um so yeah it's, it's feeling <laughs> i died you too all too well poor yeast yeah okay that's sick that makes sense. Um, yeah, okay. What, what's the ABV on the Mercenary? Uh, Mercenary is 9.4. Oh, wow. It's a big guy. It's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. it's a big double. Do you like you're a fan of them? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love Mercenary. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I, you don't drink too much of it. Yeah, I was going to say. you probably Are they short cans or? They, they uh, yeah, they're short cans for, yeah. for that one. 12 ounces. <laughs> that's that's a all yeah, right? <laughs> Shotgun some Mercenaries. People would rock Ooh. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the bedtime beer. Yeah, yeah pretty over. much. Um, 
Johnny, one of our brewers, uh, he goes home after a shift, and he refers to it as garage beer. He has, okay. a, he has a garage beer before he goes in and goes to bed. And uh, Mercenary, so I think, is his, one? his go-to garage beer. Exactly. Jeez, yeah. Whenever I have those, like, 9%, 10%, guys, particularly if it's a tall can, and just for myself, if yeah. it's point split it. It's over. It's bad. So I don't know why. Definitely. It's just like, bam. You just yeah, just can't start deal dozing, with it. man. You yeah. Just, you can't do it. It's good. It's a nice little, uh, who needs melatonin? Right? Yeah, I got booze. <laughs> Much healthier. It's no problem with that. That's uh, I can't imagine how that would go wrong. It's <laughs> good advice right here from Uncle Kevin. Um, yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, the style of stuff that you guys make in general, can you, mm-hmm. is it is it sort of something that you could put a finger on, like you can say, we do this style stuff, or is it really just sort of eclectic, like um, started some way and, and grew? So I like to think of it as sort of a, it's like a very American take on English style brewing. Gotcha. Um, so we, we do, you know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, the if you look at the 90 shilling, the, the sort of uh, category that that falls into, mm-hmm. um, that almost like Scottish ale. Um, IPA, you know, is a very British thing, but we do in a very, a very American take yes. on that style. Um, so we get that, that very hop forward, you know, big aroma character. Um, we don't really do any cask beer necessarily, so we don't, mm-hmm. we don't go full like on full English, English style. style. Um, Even for festivals or one-offs and stuff? Occasionally we will. Um, we'll do like a firkin, but again, that's going to be like it'll start with finished IPA that we'll add something to and gotcha. then put that in the firkin. Um, so yeah, at this point, we don't even have like a um, like a cask system, like a hand pumped uh, right. beer engine. We used to have one in the tap room, but we ended up taking that out just to make more tap space. Um, I mean, I guess I don't probably wouldn't sell crazy well. It's not super popular here. Yeah. Um, I went on a, a trip to England this summer. Um, the brewery after after you've worked here for five years they take you on a trip oh yes we're just talking about Uh, that yeah awesome so i had mine this year and uh man i I, i've got to say like i I loved england um but the cask beers it it, couldn't wouldn't do it for you it wouldn't yeah couldn't do it like i'd I'd have some but it would get to the point where it's like man i need the combination with some bubbles (laughs) in it um so beer lists over there they would have you know sections for real ale and then keg beer it's like, oh, what's in, what's in the keg beer? Let's yeah, take a look over there. there. Yeah. Did you like the uh, the way the craft scene over there is going? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we visited with a, uh, a friend of ours there. Um, has a brewery called Dea Brewing in, in uh, Cheltenham. Okay. And uh, Theo, who is uh, one of the, the proprietors there, uh, he did an internship here at Odell with us. Um, That's cool. Kind of a roundabout story, but he got connected with Doug. Doug brought him over. He did an internship here. Theo was an awesome kid, man. I, I loved hanging out with him. So when we were there, we actually went to his brewery and visited with him. Um, he is making some amazing beers. If you're ever in, in that part of England, in Cheltenham, go see Dea Brewing. That guy makes some amazing beers. Uh, some great hazy styles. Uh, some really you know great fruit forward. No fruit added, but fruity hops. Uh, nice. Amazing, amazing beers. Okay. How do you spell that? D e y a. D e y a. Daya. Yeah. Yeah. Check him out on Instagram as well. I mean, he. Uh, there you go. I'll do it right now. Do it right now. While we're talking. Um, but yeah, Theo is a great kid. We were I, we were so excited to not only to go see him, but to see him doing as well as he was there. Um, you know, he's uh, expanding and expanding. That's him. Damn, he's doing all right. Yeah, definitely. Oh, looks sick. Some nice looking beers. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty beer. Yeah. All right. All right. Noted. This is fantastic. I love it. Okay. So that that's pretty cool. Oh, I was already falling. Yeah, look at that. So um, or live in the haze, mate. Yeah. So 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 those guys. Uh, there were there were a couple of smaller craft breweries that we checked out while we were there. 
Um, Cloudwater was another one. Yeah, that, you uh, went there? Yeah, um, a couple oh. of the guys went there. I tried some of their beers. I didn't go to the brewery. What'd you think? Um, amazing. Cloudwater yeah, sick. blew me away. They're like the other half of uh, UK. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah really, really awesome beers. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Theo's dad was talking to us while we were there, and he was saying that in terms of trends like this, that the UK is about five years behind the States, and the rest of Europe is about five years behind them. Yeah. So. I guess if you if you really want to uh, you know get your foot in the door and go make some money in craft brewing, you should go to mainland Europe and start yeah, a brewery there. Yeah, don't just slay. Yeah, I actually saw some people trashing it the other day, so like purists, like be a purist who <laughs> don't tend to like the milkshakes, the haze, and they just sure. say, no, nah, they should be whatever. Um, complaining how, about how the dare UK. you like what I don't did, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, that, that attitude drives me crazy. Yeah, so I'm glad you feel. The Again, same. it's like American politics. Yeah, everything comes back to it. We don't talk about that here. No, we don't. Not we did it off camera. These are my views, not Odell Brewing's views. <laughs> Absolutely, let's just clarify that. Yeah, the people get a little bit funny about it. I noticed in England, so I don't know why. Maybe they just like because they sort of are the not originators, I guess, because beer's been around forever. Right. But you know, they have their real unique style that kind of spread as they colonized and invaded everywhere. They brought that beer style, so yeah. I think the people are proud and, and you know that traditional. Well, and and we have a, a great tradition here in the states of taking something that somebody else does well and saying this is ours now, <laughs> <laughs> and like putting our own twist on it. Yes. Um, so it's like we we do it well. We, being U.S. Americans, we are not. Um, the originators of a lot of these styles, but we have innovated and changed the styles um, to fit the American palette. I yes, guess. and and I think you, that's like there's a lot of very well. Yeah, you could argue that one of the first American styles, really American, could be the New England IPA. Yeah, because it was such a twist on like you could try that and you try an English one. And it's like this is not even in. It's, yeah. it's not the same. How style. can, how can it be about? the same thing? Yeah. So someone said to me the other day, and I never thought of it like that. That this is the first true American beer. I, I could do Which that. Which is, I can yeah. see that I mean, There might be something else we're not thinking. Maybe mean, even Brutes as well, because that was from whatever San Francisco. But. Yeah, um, yeah, but even like the like the American style IPA. If, you, if you're looking at like the West Coast IPAs that were you know so popular for so long, yeah, um, even that has its roots in, in English IPA. You know, yeah, I mean, you totally. can taste similarities there. Absolutely. But yeah, the the, the New Definitely. England milkshake, whatever. Um, you know, that's that's the first like new sort of thing, and it's almost unfortunate that IPA got tacked onto that. You know, you're right. I mean, I don't, I don't know what we would call it other than that. I mean, we got to think up a new word, like I guess. But, um, it's the closest thing, and probably it was, it was their take on it, right? And like, it was like, man, region. I'm just, I'm just gonna put a shitload of hops in this, so it's an IPA. Pile it up and use a special like Vermont yeast, like yep. a certain yeast and stuff. Because I know if you want to compare, because we're in Montreal, so we're um, we get Vermont <laughs> all the time. It's an hour and a half to Burlington, sure, right? Yeah. Super close. So like you can have the Vermont IPAs, which is like the Alchemist stuff, like yeah, Indian or yeah, whatever, or like uh, Lawson's, yeah, or Lawson's like Sip is like that as well. But then you go into actual Massachusetts stuff, yeah, is when it, I mean there's others in Vermont like now like Foam and Burlington Beer Co and stuff. But then you go down to the Mass and all that area is like I guess you would know totally. Like, we were around back there when Treehouse and Trillium were popping. Or? Uh, not really, no, a they, before your um, time. yeah, before after your time, sorry. Uh, yeah, after my time, I was there before their time. Yeah, uh, they might have been. They might have been brewing at that point, but they certainly weren't what? like they were. No. Yeah. Have no, you had a, right any of stuff? Yeah, I've had some treehouse. Um, there, there was one time I was up in the in the in the brew house office, and uh, somebody came up from from downstairs, and they said, "Hey, there's a lady here that wants to talk to a brewer." And like, we all kind of draw straws at that point. I was like, hey, hey, I, got, I got stuff to do. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to go down there. And so, I, 
I drew the short straw on that, and uh, I went down there, and she's like, hey, you know, I'm from Massachusetts, and I brought you something, and she, she busts out this can of Treehouse Haze and hands it to me, and I was like, mmm, man, jackpot! Yes! <laughs> Not a short straw today. Yeah, exactly. What'd you think? Uh, it was delicious. It was, yeah. it was amazing, yeah. It was, uh, I actually only had, just before we came here, I went, we went to Vermont, um, and uh, a friend, we did a, did a trade, he, they, they get all the mass stuff all the time, like it's yeah, nothing, sure. I mean, for us, it's extra, it's not that much further, it's like five hours versus an hour and a half, but... So we did a trade, and he gave me a bunch. I had it before, and I was like, uh, cool. Yeah. In the past, I much prefer that Trillium Chalky stuff. But sure. then when I had, like, I think it was, like, five different ones, like, pretty consecutive, I'm like, okay, I get it now. Like, I, I really much appreciate it. There's a different... There's something about it, and I can't put a word... I, I don't know what word... It, how to describe it. Like, it's sort of like a fruity dankness. Yeah. It's like something, but it's not that chalky creaminess. It's this other type of thing. Right. I don't know if that's it's still... Does that make sense? I know what you're talking about. I'm not sure I can put, like, necessarily no put my word, finger on what okay. you're talking about yeah. either, uh, but I certainly know the quality you're talking about. Yeah, I found that super interesting. We, we, on? we should get the next one. All right, Rupture. Rupture. We just saw the... Um, the hammer mill? Yo, that's crazy. I've yeah. never seen that before. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, can you explain what that is to the Yeah, folks? so um, that was a, a, a piece of innovation that we came up yeah. with. You know, it's... Um, I know it's heresy. We didn't wash out the glasses. No, we're, we're fine. Oh, sorry, they were Hops. Oh yeah, but you know what? I'll probably put that in the because the hops are similar, but we'll use those for the milkshake. Okay. That enough? Yeah, oh, it's perfect. Thank you. Um, Ooh, smell from you. This has been kind of a, a daily driver for me for for quite a while now. Okay. Um, since this came out, um, I, I've just been loving Rapture. It took us, you know, I mean, again, we worked on the pilot system, and it took us a while to sort of get dialed in mm -hmm. what we wanted to do with this. Um, but once we figured it out and really got rolling with it, uh, it's just been a dynamite beer. Uh, so all very, very late edition hops in this, but what makes the hops special in Rupture is the way that we process them. Um, so to back up a minute, just uh, just briefly here, mm -hmm. uh, Odell Brewing Company has a, a an amazing place at the table in terms of hop selection and what okay. hops we can get. Um, that's because, A, we've been around for so long. Um, it'll be 29 years in November, 30, right. 30 years 30 next year. Next year. That's a yeah, big one. That's a big one. Um, I don't know which anniversary 30 is. In the... Is that Ruby? 25 is like... Is 25 Diamond? Or is it like 50 is? No, I think I'm Diamond looking is 50. At, looking at you, I guess. Yeah. I don't know why. I thought yeah. Katie would know. <laughs> <laughs> Katie would know. She knows these um, things. Yeah, we're hitting 30 years. Whatever whatever the 30 whatever year is. anniversary is, yeah, that's what we're going to put in beer next year. So we might put some Rubies in our beer. Hey, um, that's, that's a good idea. It's going to be expensive, though. Um, <laughs> really expensive. And you choke. Yeah, exactly. It's, well, it's not it's worth it. Don't crunch on them. Don't <laughs> do that. Um... But anyway, yeah, so, so we've got a, just an, an amazing sort of seat at the table in terms of hop selection. We've got several people out at hop selection right now. So as hops are coming oh, in. Oh, yeah, it's harvest time. Yeah, it is. Um, so um, between Scott and Brendan, Ooh. Marnie and Eli, who are all out there right now, um, those are some of our, our best noses that we have here. Hmm. And the way hop selection works for um, th those of you who may not know about it, so if we go to select Centennial, for example, um, we'll go to... Um, you know, whoever the hop distributor or grower might be, um, they will have set up six or eight what we call brewer's cuts, which is like a little one-pound sample of these hops. And you go in and you, you rub them all up between your hands, um, and that activates the, uh, um, you know, the, the, the lupulin glands, glands yeah. with the mercine oil and all those different things um, to really, like, activate those aromas so you can get them. And you go around the table and you smell all these hops, and um, then you, you select the lot that you want. So it's almost okay. like, um, if you're familiar with, with wine selection or like wine grapes, um, the, like the French notion of terroir or um, 
I guess it would loosely translate to like the flavor of a place, uh, thinking that if you grow these grapes or these hops on this particular plot of soil with this particular amount of rainfall that this place gets and this particular exposure to the sun, whatever it might be, all of those things factor into the quality of that finished product. Right. Um, so we go and we can we can sniff, you know, six different types of cas- uh, Cascade or Centennial or whatever it might be. Different from the same farm. A lot of times from the same farm, but from different areas on that farm, different nice. different lots, as it were. Um, and then we can pick our favorite ones. And because we've been doing this for so long, um, and the, the brewery at large has the reputation that it does, um, we get to select for a lot of other people, nice. which is extremely beneficial. We get to pick oh, what bet. we want. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of smaller breweries, you know, who may be up and coming right now who, if they want <clears throat> Citra, they just say, I'm ordering a box of Citra and a box of Citra comes to them. They, they don't get to choose what Citra they want. Whereas we go and we smell half a dozen different Citras and say, yeah, that's, that's the, one the one we want. want. Wow. Um, Never heard that. That's great. So to make a short story very long, (laughs) um, when we started, uh, when we had the idea for rupture, um, sort of what we took from this was like, um, if you're making coffee, for example, you get better coffee if you grind the beans fresh right then. Right. Right? Um, So you can buy hop pellets, or even when we select our hops, we can have them pelletized to our specifications. Mm -hmm. Um, Or a lot of times we get our whole flower hops in in 200-pound bales. So they've been kilned and dried and everything, wrapped up in 200-pound bales, and they they ship to us that way. Right. So we wanted to take that sort of one step further. We take those bales of whole flower hops— um, we built a hammer mill here on site, which is the, the, the same type of equipment that a hop processing plant would use to make those into pellets. Essentially, they, they grind the hops into like a dust and then extrude those through a dye and make them into pellets. Hmm. Um, but we actually mill those hops up into that dust. Like the whole then, cone dried yep, hops. Exactly. Okay. And then we just use it that way. Amazing. Um, I can't go necessarily into the specifics of how we use that. Um, but suffice it to say that we have gotten some some incredible hop character out of these. Um, what would be the fun? Yeah, let's try that. Let's try. By the way. Cheers. Cheers to you. Yeah, so a lot of that great, bright, yeah. fresh hop aroma in there. Um, but again, not a tremendous amount of bitterness in this beer. No, definitely less than the IPA. Mm. That's what we can yeah, consider nice. a um, that's great. Like considered a uh, like a wet hop or like or not quite. No, it's not stressed yeah, they're not. The hops aren't fresh; they're still dried. Um, but uh, yeah, so so we sort of created our own category for this beer. We call it a fresh grind ale. Okay, um, it fits sort of into that um, pale ale IPA category, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't really fit neatly into either of those categories. Okay, what would the uh, product be called? that you make with that machine? Like, is it, it's not, we were talking about it before, is it hop out? It's not quite hop out or lupulin powder because that would suggest yeah. there's no outside of the plant. Exactly, yeah, the there would be no cellulose. And we, we do use that. That's available from a lot of, um, from hop mm. producers, just a straight lupulin powder. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, uh, so when you, when you mill grain before you use it, um, it's called grist. Okay. Before you mash in, it's called grist. So we kind of refer to it as hop grist. Huh. Uh, I don't know if there's an actual term for that. Um, if there's any hop producers out there that want to correct me on that, put Let it in the comments know. down there. Wow, you're good. Uh, yeah, you're I, good. I, I watch YouTube. Don't worry. Damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you to do the end of this. you do it for me. Send me a... Um, I like it. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there's a specific name for what that is. We kind of refer to it as hop grist. Okay. Or just fresh grind. I like it. For short. Unique. 
I like the coffee analogy. It's uh, finger yeah. gun. Finger gun time. Are you ready for it? I am absolutely ready. I knew you would be. You never seem afraid. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always oh, try to be to... serious and yeah. then I start laughing. Yeah. So it's just gonna be smiling okay. with finger guns. And still, got, still got two more. <laughs> still got two more to go. Uh, what's that? Okay, are you good for time? This is all, we're pushing it now. I brew at noon. Yeah. So okay. We're, we're so good. Let, let's we're good. Uh, we'll move to the lightning round because it's never lightning. So <laughs> we, we joke we call it the molasses round, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I can that, see that how that can that's, work too, right? Yep, totally. All right, so you can take as long as you like to answer these questions. Okay. But what would be your guilty pleasure beer? So something you'd be embarrassed to admit to a beer nerd that you Ooh, enjoy. Um, guilty pleasure beer. Yeah. Um, you know I. I am not above cracking into a PBR, you know, okay. on, a, on a hot day. Yeah, yeah. That's mine too. That's Yeah, you know, it's if it is if it is a hot day and you've got an ice cold PBR, crack that thing open, take down about two thirds of it in and one then, big drink. Yeah, yeah that's uh, you pull the rest out. No, into your tummy. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, I mean it's not it's not something that I drink a lot of, but I, I have been known to I'm not judging it to crush a few PBRs. Okay, it's a very very common answer. Yeah, uh, what would be the opposite? Be you would decline under any circumstances because PBR would be mine. Ooh. Like it's um, it's a tough one. Yeah, I mean I, I I'm sorry AB, but I got to go Bud Light on that one. No thanks. No. Bud Heavy, I'll drink Bud Light. No, I'm, I'm good. I had it for so long. I know craft people. A lot of craft people seem to like it a lot. I think they just like, we went out, we're in Vermont recently, our friend, we were just going to all these breweries and then we went to another bar and he was just drinking Bud Light. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, right? Like, they got staying hydrated, right man. You gotta stay he hydrated. Said, that's what he said, stay hydrated. <laughs> He's water. Yeah. I was like, huh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, um, so I, I know a rude joke about that. I'm, there's, there's no limits here. Do man. you, uh, you know why beers like that are like having sex in a canoe? <laughs> Tell me that. Fucking close to water. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not Odell's, not Odell's views, my views, my views. Nobody's judging. It is completely. Uh, we should put the disclaimer at the start of all the episodes. I didn't even think about that. Um, favorite beer style. Ah, favorite, like a favorite beer style. Yes, yeah, so maybe like you know, if you walk into a store, maybe it's your go-to. Maybe um, it's just like if you think you want a beer, it's the one you maybe would tend to go to more. You know, it's a, it's pretty boring in the industry and it's a it's might be the most common answer but i gotta go ipa yeah any particular one or just i mean other than this one right here you mean the award-winning odell's ipa (laughs) (laughs) is that what you're referring to you know i i have such ready access to that i i don't tend to drink other ones i very much understand i'm a company man hey Through and through, you got to represent. <laughs> they treat you well. They do, absolutely. and you're an owner too. That's something else I, I wanted to touch on. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that before, yeah. uh, which is very, very cool. I love hearing when breweries do that. Uh, remind me at the end we will. to touch yes. on that. Thank you. Sorry to make you tell me like Not take this all. note, Kevin. Yeah, no, man, I, I got this. Don't worry. I got <laughs> like, this. <laughs> you're, you're great. You're like good co-host and stuff. Um, least favorite beer style doesn't necessarily mean you hate it, but maybe um, the one you go to the I, least. I don't hate them. I want, I want to that, like, that's, that's yeah, I absolutely do not hate 
but I don't tend to drink Belgian beers all that much. I'm with you. Um, you know, it's it's occasionally, you know, the, you can get complexity from Belgian beers and Belgian yeast that you just can't get elsewhere, mm-hmm. but I'm not a huge fan of all those, like, funky, fruity esters that you get yeah. in, in Belgian beers. So you mean, like, the triples, doubles, and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like, like, Lambics, I will absolutely drink. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, like big, malty, double, triple-style beers, um, I don't hate them. I just don't drink them all that much. That 100%. Like, funky banana spice, yeah. not really my jam. Nah, and it's usually uh, accompanied by a ton of booze. So it's yeah. usually like 9% with all these <laughs> bananas and clothes. So I'm it's just like, like, all right, I drank one beer uh, and, I, and I'm, right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, favorite beer city, destination, or country? Oh. Um. Oh, Collins. <laughs> oh, Collins, Oh, hey, um, Fort Collins is pretty cool. <laughs> Where's that? Uh, you're there right now. Oh. Now, um, but outside of Fort Collins, um, which is clearly the best beer. Clearly, absolutely. What was the statistic? I think you bust out a statistic 70%. yesterday. Seventy percent. Of Colorado's craft beer is comes out of Fort Collins. Do you know nice. that? Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Well, you're, I guess you're between welcome. yeah, between New Belgium and us, that's that's a big chunk of it. Yeah. Um, outside of Fort Collins, though, which is clearly the outside of Fort Collins, um, I, I will preface this by saying that I have not been everywhere in the world. Okay. Um, but I would say Portland would be up there for me. That's very common as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a, a good friend of mine, Adam, that lives up in Portland, and uh, we will send care packages back and forth nice. from time to time. Um, so he will send me uh, cans of uh, Great Notion. Oh, uh, yes. Great Notion, yeah. man. Those guys so are dope. making some absolutely dynamite right? these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, Fort George, Rubens, um, awesome, awesome beers coming out of the Northwest these days. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I would probably choose Portland. Okay. Very, very common. I haven't been there. I need to get out there. Um, first beer you ever brewed? First beer I ever brewed. Mm-hmm. So when I was in the tap room here, um, so a, a lot of people ask me. I'm going to back up a little bit here. Please do. The molasses round. <laughs> um, See what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. It's never fun. Um, I never really brewed beer before I started brewing here. Right. Um, I had homebrewed with some friends here and there, but I've always said that the, the, the best way to homebrew is at somebody else's house, so they clean it up. Uh, Very true. So, yeah, for me, homebrewing looked like standing around and drinking beer while somebody else brewed. Right. Um, but the, the, the first brew that I would put my name to, um, working here when I was in the tap room, um, we have a, a pilot system here. It's a small yes, five-barrel pilot system, um, which is research and development. Um, it's for playing around. You know, we can we can go and kind of brew whatever we want on that system. Uh, we'll have accounts come in and brew with us. So, like, we'll have a bar in town, then we'll have uh, the folks from the bar come in and brew a beer that they'll then have on nice. tap at the bar, That's which it. is cool for us and it's cool for them. Um, so, it's a great program that we've got. Um, but as an employee here, uh, even if you're not a brewer, which there, there aren't many brewers here, you're encouraged to, uh, to brew on the pilot system. Oh, yeah. So somebody who works in the tap room, somebody who works in accounting, whatever it may be, can come up with a beer idea. They'll partner up with a brewer, come up with a recipe together, and then brew it together on the pilot that system. That's sick. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um, so the first one of those that I did, um, it was with uh, two other uh, folks who worked in the tap room at that point. Um, and we brewed a, it was an orange hazelnut brown ale. Cool. Um, yeah, I just called it OHB. Um, it was it was pretty cool. You know, nice. I had n- really no idea what I was doing at that point. Right. I understood fermentation stuff, in yeah. terms of like you know wine and cheese. 
Um, but like in terms of you know making wort and making wort into beer, I didn't really get it. Right. Um, so it was good to have Brent there, kind of holding our hand through that and brewing it with us. But yeah, that was that was really the, the first time that I brewed a beer that I would have thought was a beer that I had a hand in brewing. And that was served in the tap room. Yes, it was. And do these beers? I know that that's how they would become. They go from idea to mm-hmm. you know packaged, and sometimes that's how some of these uh, start. Have some of those staff beers ever become? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah um, several actually. Um, yeah, Green Coyote, uh, one of our fellows who works in the tap room here, Mike, um, had an idea that he wanted to make a tomatillo sour. And <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to be honest. When I heard tomatillo sour, I was like, get out of like, here! Like, what it, I, don't, I don't want salsa in my beer. You know, that's not really what it's I like want. A, is there a cocktail that has that? Like. Or am I thinking of the Canadian, what's it called? The Bloody Mary or the Caesar? What's the one that's not oh, American? The, the Clamato. What's that oh, called? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the Caesar? Yeah, maybe. That's yeah. disgusting. It's so, so great. Tastes like, tastes like, ugh. Anyway. <laughs> Continue. Um, so, yeah. So, like, uh, Green Coyote is a great example of that. So, Mike, who works in the tap room, partnered up with uh, Johnny, who was one of our, our brewers. I mentioned Johnny earlier. And um, they came up with the recipe. Essentially, it's, a, it's like a Tomatillo Berliner Weiss. Okay. And... Up until the moment that I took a drink of it, I was like, "This is no. this is not going to be good. This is going to be <laughs> awful." Um, but no, it's delicious. It's you know you would oh. you wouldn't think of something like that working well. You know you you don't think of it being good, let alone great. What, right. And it's a pretty awesome beer. You know it, it came out very very well. Fruity and sweet. Um, it's got some fruit to it. Uh, I think it's the the combination of the the tomatillo being in there and then like the the, the tartness of the, of the base beer that's in there comes across as a little bit fruity um but no not sweet i mean it's more like uh um it's pretty lean pretty tart okay kristen we don't have any right now do we yeah i think i got bottles okay i'll go grab it that might be a good uh in the little like finisher yeah sounds good or even just before the uh the stout we have those so speaking of that just to keep this moving yes uh this is the cloud catcher oh no we'll do the cloud catcher we'll just quickly talk about that this is the milkshake ipa the one we've all been waiting for (laughs) 6.8%. 6.8%. All of us have been waiting for it. Um, tell me about this bad boy. I guess we spoke about it kind of briefly before. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this beer, we had some problems brewing this yeah. beer early on. Yeah. We we, uh, we hit some, some major stumbles and even beyond stumbles into like full-on face plants uh, <laughs> in, in making this beer. Um, when we're... Brewing on the big system upstairs, um, so you, you you mash in, you mix the grain in the water, mm-hmm. then you move that over to the louder ton where you separate the liquid back out from those spent grains. Yeah, yeah. And for something like ninety shilling, that that runoff portion of that separating that liquid out, the liquid wort takes about two hours. Um, IPA will take about two and a half hours. We had cloud catcher brews that were taking like eighteen, twenty hours to run off. Why? Oh, well. There's a lot of really high-protein malts in here. That's where a lot of the haze comes from in brews like this. Right. Um, you got oats in there, um, a lot of wheat. Um, you know, we don't cheat by adding flour into the kettle. Yes. Some breweries do that. do that, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody for doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for us, the the haze was not as important as the mouthfeel. We right. wanted that that rich mouthfeel. We wanted that sort of um, that creamy aspect of it. And you can get that with no haze in the beer whatsoever. You can get that in a clear beer. Um, but, you know, that 
haze is the style. So we definitely wanted to leave some haze in there. So between the, the oats that we're using, um, the wheat that we're using in this, uh, we, we definitely get that haze in there. But those high protein malts, um, they can really sort of um, almost gelatinize if they're not treated correctly hmm. early on. Right. It has all to do with like time and temperature at the very first step right. to get everything going correctly down the road. So until we got that, um, the sort of mash profile in terms of temperatures and times and whatnot uh, nailed down, we had some really, really rough cloud crusher roots. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Did it actually gelatinize on you? Um, it got, yeah, it, it gets but, strange, man. Yeah. It's, a, it, it, it's a strange, strange texture on the spent grain. Um, it's kind of fun. Yeah, well, and it's, it's um, the problem that we ran into, and, and again, I'm getting into technical kind of mumbo-jumbo no, here, no um, but after we... After we run off, we get rid of all the spent grain. That gets pushed out of the louder ton. But because we couldn't get the liquid out of this, we had this, like, big, nasty mass of, like... This mess. Yeah, totally. And so we would dump all this very, very wet grain into our spent grain hopper, which is then pushed with an auger out to a silo on the side of the building here. And if it's too wet, it doesn't move. Like, the right. auger can't push it, because it's got to push it and then push it up and out of the building. Gotcha. So, we had some problems with, with A, the runoffs. We had some problems with spent grain getting stuck in the hopper. Yeah, we, we definitely tripped over some hurdles on Jeez. this. Um, but we've got it dialed in now. We've got it to where we can brew it pretty reliably um, in, a, in a pretty tight time window. It's not as straightforward oh. as brewing something like 90 shilling, um, but we will, we will keep learning. Getting we'll get better up. at it. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Well, made it happen. Yes, sir. Cheers. Solid. That's great. Yeah, Dusty. a lot of, lot of fruit in there. Is it vanilla? What, what's the, the um, is it vanilla in this? There's no vanilla in it. No? No adjuncts. Nothing all at all? Hops. The lactose is subtle. Yeah, um, it's not, it doesn't have that, that real, like, coating Like icing character. sugar, we, we yeah. usually call it. Yeah, oh yeah, I can do that, definitely. Mm. Yeah, that's solid. It's like, I don't know, like pineapple, yep. kind of like a... Um, did I read it on here? Is that what's putting it in my head? No, it's a peach. Creamsicle peach. I like that. Yeah. This is solid, man. Like, yeah, your milkshakes and haze stuff are sometimes really hit and miss, but this is yeah. like, this is a really, really solid. Uh, and, um, yeah, Paste, I like that. Paste Magazine did a review of like, it was like a, a blind rating of, I don't know what it was, 30 milkshake IPAs or something like that. And, uh, Cloudcatcher came in number three in that. Nice. Um, yeah, it was cool. And it was actually the top non-fruited one. Uh, the two above it were, were fruity. Fruit? Yeah, had fruit in them. Um, so, that, yeah, that's, we felt really good about that. I love it. Especially right out of the gate. Right? Get the serious what are you missing? There you go. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I like the consistency. I just think people are going to appreciate it. That was tough to, that was tough to hold. <laughs> and stuff. You did that time. You did that time. You've, you're experienced now. All right. Sorry. We were at the uh, lightning round, weren't we? Yes. We keep getting distracted. Uh, we had first be a Gerber brewed favorite and least favorite styles to brew. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a tough one. If we're talking, if, if we want to get brand specific here to like what we brew at Odell, um, I would say that probably my, my favorite beer to brew that we make is Cutthroat Porter. Okay. Um, it's essentially bulletproof. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's reliable. We know exactly what it's going to do every time we brew it. And also, I just love brewing those those very, very dark malt beers. I love when you open up the kettle and you get that great sort of um, you know, coffee and chocolate yeah, aroma from the from the, the dark malt the that's in there. Yeah, it's just so great. Um, <laughs> in terms of a least favorite, 
Um, if if you'd asked like me, annoying, yeah, if you'd asked me a month ago, it would have been Cloudcatcher, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's fixed. Yeah, that's that's fi- quote no, unquote fixed. Um, so this we actually fixable. we brewed some Russian Imperial Stout for mm-hmm. Bullproof yesterday, so it'll be for the next release of Bullproof. Okay. Um, and those, uh, you know, there, there's a huge. A, huge amount of grain involved in making a beer that's this high in alcohol. Yeah, um, there's also additions to the kettle um, that, that are, are very, very difficult and time-consuming to make. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those, I, I like brewing them because I really like the finished product, but in terms of, like, uh, you know, the, the amount of labor that goes into brewing it, those can be a bit of a bummer. And I might just be saying that because I had a real uh, hell of a time brewing that yesterday. Um, but <laughs> hey, it's one that's freshest in the mind. Yeah, right, exactly. I, I hear that a lot about the um, very, like the big ones are kind of yeah, annoying. Yeah, big but, stickies. But like, yeah, there's usually like the rise and like the crazy grains of the stuck mash, and yeah. that's the that's the big problem. Uh, what's the worst beer you've ever made? <laughs> uh, I, I guess because you've been here the whole time, so you haven't really like yeah, experimented no, with no, some, uh, I, I made a bad pilot beer one time. I made a beer that got dumped. Nice. Um, was it? it was a. It was a black rye IPA. Okay. And it's not... <laughs> um, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus here. Um, but the... the throw uh, yeah, I'm throwing. Throw, I'm throwing. I'm throwing. I'm, throwing. I'm, throwing. I'm, throwing. I'm pushing the, in the road. It was, it was really just like a, like a confluence of, of things that weren't necessarily bad on their own, but when it all came together, it was not great. Right. Um, so the, the account that I brewed that with, um, they brought some hops with them. Ooh, and it was okay. from like a like a local hop field that they had there. And <clears throat> hops, a lot of times, um, there's a there's an aroma that you'll get in hops that if it's if they're harvested at the right time, it'll come across as almost like coconut. Okay. But if they're harvested too late, it gets a, it sort of goes over the edge into like a um, like rubbery almost. Like when you walk into a tire shop and there's that rubber smell in a oh, tire shop. Oh yeah. Um. So the these these had had that rubber character to them. Okay. And so the no fun. No, the combination of the like black roasty malt that we used with that slightly burned character to it, and the rubbery aspect of those hops, it smelled straight up like a burnt tire, and it was not anything not that really anyone wanted to put Unsavable. in their mouths. Unsavable. Unsavable. It got dumped. <laughs> Hey, at least you tried. Yeah, and that that hurts. That's a bummer after you spend you know that much time coming up with a recipe and brewing it and you know shepherding it through its fermentation and whatnot yeah. to have you know the the QA people come back and be like, like we're gonna dump no, this. Sorry, it's, it's going. <laughs> yeah, man. But again, that goes back to what I was saying before about this company being so cool. It's just like, hey, you try. No it's a good try. At least the how how big I'm sorry you did say before it was like one barrel or something. Oh, that was a five barrel brew. It's a five barrel. Yeah, uh, Crazy. It's, it's, you know, for a lighter beer, we can knock out realistically from that system. We can do about an eight barrel brew. Okay. Um, but yeah, we it's a it's a five barrel system. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it was yeah, but ten kegs. It wasn't it wasn't that wasn't much. too much. No. Okay. That's that could could have been worse. Could have been could've way been worse. worse. Yeah. Um, what music do you listen to when you brew? Ah, <laughs> we had some uh, what is kind of rare in general, but dudes were bumping hip hop back there when oh, they were yeah. uh, bottling, and that's super rare. Usually brewers are like or breweries always like super like punk or metal or something. Yeah, um, it's pretty varied down in the cellar. We hear a lot of uh, now. This is this is not my taste. This is what we hear in the cellar. A lot of like yacht rock. Uh, that's not. I heard about that yeah. genre not, recently. Not it's my like, jam. That's uh <laughs> It's like some strange sort of subgenre thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. It's uh, 
um, like Hall and Oates kind of stuff. Okay. That's fine. You know, it's you know does the trick. Sort of in a tongue in cheek way, I can appreciate it, <laughs> but that's not at all what I'm going to put you gonna on. What are you going to be putting on? What are you um, putting on? NPR. I do, we do listen to some NPR up there. If, well, if Doyle's up there, NPR is probably on. Okay. Um, I you might as well learn something while you're brewing, you know? Right, exactly. Um, Multitasking. I'm a huge fan, obsessive, some might say, of the band Ween. Okay. And I listen to Ween a lot. Love, okay. Um, I'm going to see them next month in Nashville. They've got the country band back together, and they're going to perform the country album. So I'm going to Nashville to see Ween for two nights. Um, Dedicated. That'll be like... 24 and 25 times that I've seen Ween for those two nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's my, yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. It's not, for, it's not for everybody, and I definitely don't recommend it for everybody. Um, <laughs> if you don't like Ween, that's fine with me. I'm not going to try to force it on you. Okay. Um, Respect. Dr. Dog. I'm a big fan of Dr. Dog. Is um, that country? Not country Rock. at all. Uh, they're, I mean, I guess you would call it, you would be lumped in kind of the indie category. Okay. Um, but they've got a real sort of, um, like I compare it almost to the Kinks, that kind of like 60s sound. Um, so, you know, five or six guys from Philly making awesome music. Um, Very cool. I love Kurt Vile. Uh, some bands out of Austin that I really love right now called A Giant Dog and Sweet Spirit. And they actually share some members. Um, and those guys, if you've not heard of A Giant Dog or Sweet Spirit, check them yeah. out. They're really to get into. so, so awesome. Uh, a Giant Dog is a little bit more punk, a little bit more edgy. Uh, Sweet Spirit is a little bit more like power pop, I guess you would call it. Um, but fantastic. It's so, so good. That's what's up? Yeah. Okay. And go see him if you get a chance. All right. I'm looking at the time now. You've got 12 minutes, so you have to I've brew. Got 12 minutes. So I've got three questions left. Let's do it. And uh, we, we have to do this too. one yeah, as well. Let's go. Um, favorite hop? Um, favorite hop. Favorite hop. That's a good question. Um, probably Citra. You know, I mean, just Classic. in terms of yeah, in terms of like what's going on these days and the styles of beer that that are being made and that we are making. Um, I think Citra is probably the one. Yeah, the, the one for me. Fantastic. And uh, what's your family think of your job? <laughs> um. They're into it. I mean, I, I love I, it. Geez, I think my parents are proud of me. Um, you, you send me into like an yeah, essential like, place here. Uh, that was the plan. Yeah, my, my brother John is a, is a huge beer nerd. Um, so he I, must be happy. He can't yeah, be. I think he's pretty pretty psyched that I work here. Uh, he lived in San Francisco for a long time, and uh, I would send him Odell shirts, and he would always say like, "Oh, I, I get comments on my Odell shirts all the time because we're not right. in California." Ah, so like, oh, so he's like, been yeah, oh, he's he's the he's he's in the know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think. You know, my extended family, I'm not so sure. Um, but well, my immediate family, yeah. They're, they're into it? They're, they're fine with it. And the last one, what's your favorite adjunct? <clears throat> lactose. Uh, lactose. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I say team lactose all day. My favorite adjunct. Man, it mm-hmm. would depend heavily on the style of beer. Um, I think oak, probably. If, we, if like, I can, Ooh, if I can twist that's the, a the adjunct term. Um, I would say oak is probably my favorite. Well done. You know, I don't, that's... In the in the classic terms, I don't think that would be considered an adjunct. But uh, in, in this podcast, it certainly is. In Bosley's brain, it's an adjunct. <laughs> I like that. I like that also that when Kristen referred to you as Bosley, I was like, "That's a cool name." I'm like, "Oh, it's your last name." Yeah, it's my last name. Yeah. But I like that. So Maybe everyone, should, everyone calls you that. Yeah. I like it. yeah. It's very British. It's um on Instagram. I'm not plugging myself here no, you at should, all. You should. You um, should. Follow. I, I got into Instagram very very mm-hmm. early, so my my. Uh, my handle is just at Bosley. Nice. And yeah. I get so many people like wanting to buy it from me. And there's 
the main reason is there's this YouTuber who apparently has a pug named Bosley. Okay. So like it's all these twelve year old kids who love this YouTuber like, who are like, dude, can name. I have can I have your your name? Like, no, absolutely not. No. Um, <laughs> block block. Yeah right. Um, but also I get tagged all the time and people trying to tag you like the Bosley the hair company. Okay. Because there's like a like a hair replacement company here in the states. I don't know if you guys know Not about it in Canada. Canada. Yeah, Bosley like Medical. Hair plugs and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So people are always like, "Oh, Bosley, you need to help this guy." And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> like, think I can I, help like, that guy." <laughs> yes, he wants an IPA, a yeah, very right? well-rounded, like I, balanced IPA. I'm not certified in any way, shape, or form to help this guy, but I can try. <laughs> Send him my way. That's amazing. <laughs> um, let's talk about this last beer, and then we'll yeah. send you off to Bruce. So this is uh, this is Jolly Russian. So this is a rum oh, barrel aged Russian Imperial Stout. Nice. What's it sitting at? Thirteen. Great. Yeah, it's a big. It's a big boy. It's not even noon. All right. We're going to take the photo. Oh. Oh, hey, hey yeah, let's do it. We we'll take the photo before we even do it, just to switch it up. Look at that. <laughs> uh, cheers, my friend. Cheers to you. It's been a lot of fun. It has been. Thank you. Oof. Yeah, it's a big one. That's a that's a big boy. I'm yeah, glad so we didn't open that bottle. Lots of lots of boozy character in there from the rum barrels. Very clean, um, very creamy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of residual sugar in there, but you don't necessarily get the, the full aspect mm. or the, like the full, you don't bear the full brunt of that sweetness. Partly because of the the sort of bitter roasty character that comes from those malts balancing it. Um, Balance is an, is an amazing thing. The way that you can you can add something to something else and, and take that taste out of it. Like, I just recently stopped try, trying to stop drinking soda um, because there's a new figure that they put on the, like, nutrition information now that tells you your, like, percent of the daily amount of sugar that's in there. Right. And, like, it used to just tell you how many grams were in there, but now it tells you, like, a percent daily value of it. I oh, think that's a new law in the States right. that you have to do that. So that's throwing you off a bit. You're like, this is 75%. A 20 ounce bottle of Coca Cola is like 135% of your daily sugar. And I used to like slam one of those down like it was nothing, like no big deal. But now mm. you're like, but man, that's it, it was like, I forget what it was, like 65 grams of sugar. That's like over two ounces of sugar a in a bottle of soda. So and gross. you don't notice it because they put so much acid in there mm. to balance that sweetness. Yeah. Um, so I. We totally derailed myself there, and I apologize. No, but that's yeah, fine. The, the 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 amount of residual sugar that's in this, you don't really get that because of those other aspects that are in there. Right, I love it. Um, this is fantastic. It's a great beer. Um, Kevin, mate, thank you so hey. much for hanging yeah, out today. Yeah, thank you so much. It really appreciate it. This so was a good conversation. It really was. Uh, so we can, people can follow you at, yeah, at Bosley. At Bosley. Make sure you check follow me. Where can they find uh, Odell <laughs> online? At Odell Brewing. Yeah, yeah. Odellbrewing.com. Odellbrewing.com, at Odell Brewing. That's both Twitter and Instagram, I believe. Yeah. Probably Facebook as well. Come see us. Handle consistency is very key. Of course, marketing (laughs) does not mess around. Um, Now, this is where you could probably assist me. So, guys, thank you so much for listening and watching. If you enjoyed the episode, mate, smash the thumbs up. Just like this? Just like that. Hit subscribe. Where is it? Yes, down here. Down here. Also, down below that a little further is where the comments are. Leave a comment. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Um, I think I have a future in this. You're really good. And you can hit the noti- notification bell. Are you familiar with the notification Ding. bell? Wow. Was that it? Did, Did I hear no. it? No. Yeah. I think you heard it. <laughs> you should make people say, you're drunk. Dude, you're very good. Um, follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast. And check out the long form audio so you can hear very attractive gentlemen like Uncle Kevin right here. Talk about beer and... 
other stuff, I guess. I don't know about referring to Uncle Kevin as being attractive. Is I don't know if that's. Oh, that's good. the point. It's supposed to be weird. <laughs> you like the weirdness? It's, I'm weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> I you were. Uh, check us out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of that. That is it, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks so much.